Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Even though there's a lot of uh, continued um, unrest uh, and um, pain and hate and fear that is going on in our world today. Uh, just remind me, it just uh, caused me to think about Psalm 46, where the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in our trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with all of their surging, we will not fear. God is our refuge and strength, and we continue to stand on uh, the promise of God that he is good and that he redeems all that he allows. Um, It is as evident, I I think, as ever in my lifetime uh, that God is sovereign and that he is passionate about us understanding that our whole purpose for living is to know him and then to make him known. And that there is war that is going on and it's not against flesh and blood, uh, but it's against the spiritual powers of darkness. And uh, so God's calling us as children of light to stand uh, firm in his promises each and every day. So again, just glad that you're with us today uh, as we come together to to worship and to acknowledge uh, the um, how amazing, wonderful God is, and that his love was so passionate for us that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, not to make us religious, but so that we could experience him and that we could know the very essence of what life is all about. And it's through Jesus Christ, uh, our living Lord. So we got a special service for you today. And so I hope that you hang on with us. Uh, Just a few announcements. I just want to get some housekeeping stuff out of the way as we prepare to get going, uh, I want to encourage each and every one of you uh, to be sure to to look at the email for the Cross Point Chronicles. I mean, it's loaded with information, uh, updates as far as what's going on within the ministry of Cross Point, but also specific information about uh, the process that we are going through as far as regathering. And if you haven't looked at that, there's a video. If you don't want to watch my face on the video on the Cross Point Chronicles, there's also a button you can push uh, to where you can read about the process that our staff and our elders and leadership are going through in this as we prayerfully and very deliberately seek God's face in that. And so please take a look at that. Also, you know, again, with the continued unrest that's going on, I want to encourage you that um, uh, to take a look at that, uh, um, the message from the word in the Cross Point Chronicles. This week was uh, uh, one that I did call Hiding Place. And listen, uh, uh, those aren't just uh, 
words there to try to fill up something. It's very timely and intentional, uh, a message from God's word to encourage us during these days. So uh, take a look at that. Um, and then uh, also, as, as, as you will see in, in, uh, in that Chronicles that, you know, our, our ministry hasn't uh, been put on pause. Matter of fact, it has expanded. And uh, so uh, there are continued ways for you to be involved. But but here's my point, too. Uh, don't be lax in, in all the things that we're talking about there as far as opportunities to minister, uh, to spend time with God every day. Start your day with him. Get the right perspective, the first button and the first buttonhole. Uh, and um, pray, pray. And we're going to be hearing more about uh, from God's word as far as how you can specifically pray and, and what God does through that. But also uh, because of how the ministry is expanding, there's opportunities on that on our website and also on the Crosspoint Chronicles in, in order for you to give. Uh, uh, if your habit has been to, to give when you're uh, physically present and you've not been able to to uh, join in and ongoing giving. I want to implore you to find a way to give. There there are ways on the website that tells you how you can do that. But there's online giving uh, ways as well. Uh, the gospel and the good news of God uh, is urgently, desperately needed right now, and He uses every local body of Christ to be able to make His word known. So. Um, just uh, utilize that. And I do appreciate so much uh, uh, Michelle and Stephanie and all those that put so much work in and being able to gather the most relevant news for you uh, in order for us to all be on the same page. Remember, people are not up on what they're not in on. We are deliberate and keeping you in on everything that we see God is doing. And he is at work and he is counting on me and you. He is inviting me and you uh, to join him and let him to do that work through us. All right. The reason it's so special today is we've got Pastor Aaron that's going to be bringing God's word for us today. And I've already prayed that he would shut the corn uh, today. And so uh, if you don't know what that means, you can, t you can uh, you know, text me or, or message me and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, but uh, I want you, as, as we pray uh, in just a minute after God, I read God's word from Psalm 73 uh, for you to, to lift him up to uh, that. He is just a vessel of God to be able to speak to us uh, and, and a timely word. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalm 73. Um, and uh, you don't need to do the math. You don't need to do the Psalm math uh, because this one's actually from yesterday. Now, if you did the math yesterday, you would have done Psalm 13, and then you'd gone to Psalm uh, 43, and then you'd got to Psalm 73. But I thought Psalm 73 was very, very appropriate, uh, and it, it really spoke to me uh, because it, it, the psalmist in that particular uh, psalm, man, he is he is uh, just about to to lose his faith uh, he, because he's got his eyes on what's going on in the world, and uh, it's just becoming very, very debilitating. It's becoming very confusing for him. And uh, uh, he is, he's slipping. And then God in his truth, and, and he chooses to fix on the truth of God. It gives, gives him revelation. And I believe that God wants to give you revelation today. Uh, your purpose for being here is not to take up an, uh, an hour 
on a beautiful Sunday morning because you didn't know what to do with it. No, it's the very intentionally experience the voice of God. So let me just read with you Psalm uh, 73, and we're going to be reading the first um, 17 verses, and then we'll skip on down. But listen to these words. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens of common man. They are not plagued with human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice and arrogance. They threaten uh, opposition and oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the most high have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Then listen what he says in verse 13. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. In vain I have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued and I have been punished every morning. And then, and then he catches himself and the Spirit of God catches him. He says, if I had said this, I will speak thus, I would have portrayed your children. So here's what's going on. He's going, this is the way I feel. This is the way it looks. This is the reality as I see it out there. And he's just spouting off and he's venting. And he's going, but I, I've kept it to myself. And I, I'm not saying this out loud, but then listen in verse 16 and 17. He says, when I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Hey, has it been oppressive to you trying to figure out what's going on in our world today? He said, when I tried to understand it, it was oppressive to me. Till, till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. So here, here's the point. There's a reason that we're here to enter into God's presence, to allow him to speak to us. We've had 167 hours of noise, blaring of visuals in our eyes of what's going on, of the perceived reality. God is saying, come to me, come to me. Yes, we need to be aware. We need to know the season in which we're in. But he's calling me and you to come to him. The last three verses uh, of that Psalms, here's what he says. He says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all of your deeds. I want to invite you to make Jesus Christ your refuge. And you're going, I don't know how to do it. Contact us. Call us. Um, text me. Uh, drop a note on, on Facebook or even on Zoom. Uh, because th these aren't times to play. I mean, we can rejoice. But God is calling us to know him better and to love him more. And so. That's my encouragement as you hear uh, the encouraging and convicting word of God uh, through Pastor Aaron today. Now, for 
my Facebook followers uh, on Facebook Live. In just a few moments, I'm going to um, finish this, and then I'm going to jump on and share uh, the link from Pastor Aaron. So I want to invite you to continue to join us. Uh, you will truly be encouraged, uh, and you will uh, hear uh, uh, some great and amazing words from God's Word through Pastor Aaron today. So let's just pray together uh, before he comes and shares with us. Father God, we just thank you so much for your amazing love and grace. Uh, we thank you for the beauty of this day. It is oh, it was so refreshing this morning. And while many of us experience um, your refreshing love and your mercy and your grace, there are so many that are experiencing pain and trauma and confusion. There's so many that, Lord, are, are um, filled with hate and fear. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would use us as instruments of your righteousness that we would be salt and light. Why? Because we have set and we've soaked up your presence in our lives and that we are then ready to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for being sovereign. Thank you uh, for inviting us to follow you. Thank you for being a living demonstration of all that is good and perfect and righteous and just right for each and every one of us. We praise you and we give you all honor and glory today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Pastor Aaron, looking forward to hearing God's word from you today. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike, uh, for that encouragement. Um, we really do need uh, our Savior, our Lord in this time. I'm a privileged uh, Facebook family, what's going on I'm on Facebook and also on Zoom right now. And so if you see me look away, it's because I'm looking at two screens right now. And uh, just know that, uh, yeah, that the, the word of God is um, is with us and uh, his spirit is with us and inside of us. And he has a word uh, this morning. I just want to go before him um, as I'm trying to do some technical things here. I just want to go before him and in prayer and uh, just submission to his word and his will. Uh, Father. You're amazing. Uh, You're pure, precious, and beautiful, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us. Thank you, Father, that you say in your word, when two or three or more are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. Father, you are with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Father, we come before you humbly, knowing that you are always good and righteous and deserving of our praise and glory and honor. We give you all the praise, Father, and we thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name, God. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there's a lot of things to be worried about right now. There's a lot of things that we can be worried about in this life uh, right now, um, from marital issues we may have or financial strains or trying to raise our kids, um, dealing with your own individual sin struggles, um, right? And not to mention kind of what's happening in our world today, not to mention um, the, uh, the brokenness of hearts, the brokenness of men, the brokenness of a world that is without God, the brokenness of people and the pain and anger and suffering it causes when we choose to live a life apart from the ordinances of God. There's so many things to be worried about right now. And um, in this time, 
the, the stress of life, uh, the worries of this world can all cause us to forget that you and I are part of the greatest story that has been in motion before the creation of the world. You and I are part of a grand, master, beautiful story that has been in motion before time began. And all the things that are happening in this world, in this life, and your life personally, can cause us to forget about the job we have, can cause us to forget about the mission that God has put us on earth to accomplish through him. The story that we're a part of is about a God who is in love. It's about a God who, it's about the, it's about the creation that God is in love with. And it's about the opposition that tries to stop that love from being reached into the entire world. So if you, if you and I can, for a second, just pull back the curtains of the temporal and see in the eternal, right? If we can only get a glimpse like the movie Narnia and walk into our closets and then walk out into a tree line, into a magical or mystical land. If only you and I can see the reality of the world that is around us, the supernatural realm that is around us. I wonder how that would change our lives. If we can just get a small glimpse up to what's really taking place in the spiritual realm around us, I wonder how that would change our perspectives. How would that change our priorities? And more importantly, how would that change our prayers? Which is what I wanna to talk to you guys about today. How would us seeing the reality of what's happening in our world today change our prayers? Well, if we can see the way the world, the way our brothers and sisters saw it in the Old Testament, I believe it will change it drastically. And it will change it and it will look like what they experienced, our brothers and sisters in the Old Testament. And they, they saw an all powerful, faithful, loving God working wonders to a people that were unfaithful in an evil, corrupt world. That's what our brothers and sisters saw, a faithful, loving God who performed wonders and miracles in a sin-sick, broken world. One of, the, uh, one of our brothers in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who is a perfect, who is a perfect example of someone who demonstrated what prayer is like is Daniel. So those of you who are joining us on Facebook, our church, we went through at the beginning of a year, we went through this series called the Daniel Plan. And the Daniel Plan was about uh, five different elements where we can live a more, more uh, healthier and fulfilled life based off the life of Daniel. And those five areas were faith, fitness, food, friends, and focus. And I believe God was preparing us as a church to be to, to prepare our bodies to be physically used for his kingdom, to advance his kingdom. And I believe also in the same way God is using us physically, I believe God is ready and wanting to use us in the supernatural to advance his kingdom based off the life of Daniel, the, um, the life he lived out of faith and obedience to Jesus. And if I can honestly sum up uh, Daniel's prayer or Daniel's uh, life in one, in one sentence, it would be a life grounded 
in prayer and the belief of prayer and power. A life grounded in the belief and power of prayer is what I would describe Daniel as. And you know, and especially in a time like this, as Mike was talking about, we need God's intervention. We need God. We need God to show up. We need God. We need to see God's power on display. We don't need any more wisdom from us. We don't need any more human wisdom. The human wisdom is foolishness. We need the power of God to be displayed in a time like this. And that's, so that's, this is ultimately God's desire for you and I, like Daniel, that we would be people of prayer, that we'd be people dependent upon prayer in a time like this where only God can show up and do the impossible for us. So like you, like me and you, it can be hard. We can be, be discouraged because we're not seeing our prayers answered. A lot of you have done, you know, prayer nights and maybe you're sick and tired of prayer. You're like, prayer is not the answer. It's not the solution. But I want to encourage you this morning about what prayer is. Maybe you get discouraged because you don't really know exactly what's happening when we pray. So that's my goal this morning. I want to encourage you, encourage us and remind you of what's actually taking place when we're praying. And so, um, I came up with a little acronym. Um, you can call it cheesy, but it's just a way for us to remind ourselves of what's taking place in the supernatural realm and the unseen world when you and I have the boldness and, and, and walk in authority that God has given to us. So um, I believe the first thing that happens when we pray is that our prayers are heard. Our prayers are heard. How amazing is it, right? that God would even listen to the prayers of unfaithful, selfish, sinful people. How amazing is it that God would, would, would lean in to our prayers and lean into our hearts, cry, knowing that we are prone to evil. We are prone to do our own thing and go our own way. God is faithful to hear our prayers. Not only that, but God invites his created angelic beings to hear the prayers of our hearts. God invites his created beings that are, exist to give him praise and worship him 24-7. He invites those beings into our prayers. So God allows them to, to participate. And so Daniel's life is going to be a little bit of the backdrop of what we're talking about today. So it's going to be the backdrop of where we go and how we get encouraged to pray and what happens when we pray. So uh, if you can, turn with me to Daniel uh, chapter 10, starting verse 12. And then Daniel prayed. This is after Daniel prayed. He says this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, this is the angel speaking to Daniel, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day, that you set your heart on understanding this and humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words. The angel came in response to the words and prayers of Daniel that he prayed to God. So God allows the angels to hear our prayers. They watch our conversation. 
in the heavenlies. So what was Daniel's prayer? I think it's important for us to know what Daniel was actually praying for. So God told Jeremiah, who's a prophet in the Old Testament, he told Jeremiah what was going to happen to God's people. He told them that because of God's people, because of their rebellion, faithfulness, God would allow Babylon to overtake them, take them captive for 70 years. Punishment that God allowed to happen for God and not being obedient to his words. So Daniel, so Daniel must have been reading Jeremiah, knowing that these times are coming close to where, because after the 70 years, God, God's people will be released to live in their own land and not no longer under Babylonian captivity. And so Daniel's prayer was for the Lord to intervene for his people, knowing that their time is coming up to be in their own land. So I want to just go to the end of the prayer with you. Um, it's a beautiful prayer. I would, I would encourage you to read it. But it's such, a, it's such an encouragement prayer of uh, petition and desperation and really crying out to God and really believing that God says is, is who he says he is. So uh, read with me in Daniel chapter 9, verse 17 through 19. It says this, So God... Listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolation and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and take action. Oh, Lord, hear. Forgive. Listen and take action for your own sake. Oh, my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. I love that verse in the middle that says, we're not presenting our supplications on behalf of account of anything that we've done, the Bible tells us that our righteousness are like filthy rags. There's none righteous, no, not one. So we're not coming to you on behalf of what we can bring, but on account of who you are, Jesus. That's how Daniel approaches the king of glory. God, I'm not coming to you on behalf of anything that I can do because without you, I can't do nothing. You are the vine, we are the branches. We have to abide in you to do anything. But we are coming to you, Jesus, in this time because of your compassion. The only reason why we loved you, Father, is because you loved us first. You loved us first, Jesus. And I love that. That's the heart of Daniel, knowing that he has nothing and can bring nothing or can do nothing but rely on the power of a holy God. So... God hears our prayers, and he makes it known to the angels he created. What a privilege that God would allow our prayers to be heard throughout the heavens. He is the Lord of hosts, meaning he is the Lord of the host of heavens, and he allows his host to hear the cry of his people. 
So what does, uh, how do we know that he also hears us? First John 5, 14 tells us this. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to the will of the Father, he hears us. And it's amazing because Daniel was reading scripture. The will of God is found in his holy word. So Daniel was reading from the scripture, from the prophets. And so he was praying according to the will of God that his people after the 70 years would be released back into their own land. So he wasn't praying some, uh, you know, random prayer, but he was praying according to the word of God. And so that is how uh, he demonstrates for us, for us to pray and believe. That's where our confidence comes from, because we know that, that conf- we can be confident in the word of God and that God is a man that he should not lie. So Daniel prays and God hears. When we pray, God hears. And not only does God hear, but the angels in heaven created by our father, the angels who are around his throne, singing him praises day and night. They also hear the prayers. So that's the first thing I just want to encourage you with is that our prayers are heard in heaven. The second thing I want to encourage you in is that our prayers are ordered. Our prayers are given ordered orders. The word ordered mean, means to give an authoritative direction or instruction to do something. The word order means give an authoritative direction or instruction to do something. God, who has all authority over man, beast, and all created things, gives instructions to the angels concerning our prayers. Not only are they... Uh, you know, the Bible also tells us that he will give his angels charge over us or he will, he will give his angels command concerning us. And not only will God do that for us, but especially for those who do not know him yet, for those who do not know the living God. Hebrews chapter one, starting in verse 13, tells us this. It says, but to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are they, the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Angels are equipped to minister for the sake of God, bringing people to salvation. What is the will of God? that no one will perish. God's desire is that no one will perish, but all would come to repentance. That is the heart of your father. That is the heart of our father. He wants a full, full kingdom in heaven of every single tribe, tongue, and nation to worship him. God desires a full kingdom in heaven. And he is not willing that anyone should perish, but all would come and have everlasting life. That is his will. That is his will. So he uses these angels who hear our prayers 
and he sends them as ministering spirits in order to bring about salvation for lost souls. Psalms 103, verse 20 says this. It says, bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of the word, of his word. Let's go back to Daniel to see what happens when Daniel prayed and how the angels receive orders. Daniel chapter 10, starting verse 10 says, then behold, a hand touched me, is the angel, and set, and set me trembling on my hands and knees, he said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I am about to tell you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. So we know he hears us. And I have come in response to your words. They were given orders in response to the prayers of Daniel. These angelic beings that God has created. Who the Bible tells us for a little while are made lower. For a little while, we are made lower than the angels. In the coming kingdom, we will judge angels. The Bible tells us. So for a little while, we're made lower than the angels and they are listening to our prayers and rendering God's will. God hears our prayers and he gives his angels charge over us, concerning us, not only us, but for those who do not know him yet. The third thing, so our prayers are, are heard. Our prayers are ordered. The third thing, if we could catch on, I'm doing an acronym just so we can just encourage you and to, rem to remind you of what's really taking place when you pray. Our prayers are performed. The word perform means to carry out, accomplish, or fulfill. So after God hears our prayers, he gives orders to the angels, and then they go perform it. They go carry it out. Uh, turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. We'll read Daniel chapter 10 together, starting verse 12. Then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. So we, they hear words, and I have come in response to your words. They get orders. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief, one of the chief princes came to, to help me for I had been left there with the king of Persia. God's chief prince, Michael, his angel came in response to what was happening in Daniel's prayer because uh, Daniel prayed and the angels heard, but there was opposition in the prayer. There was opposition when the angel went to answer Daniel's prayer. And who was the opposition? 
the prince of the kingdom of Persia was the opposition. This is a demonic force. He's a prince over a region. You may have heard the word principality, right? It's a prince over a state. Some Bibles say principality. I think King James says principality. Some others say rulers. It's basically the same thing. Ruling a region, ruling an area. You know, how do we, to think that demonic forces can rule an area? It's crazy, but that is their, that is their objective, to kill, steal, and destroy. You think of city, cities in the Bible in the Old Testament, like Sodom and Gomorrah, where the where where de demonic beings took control of a whole land of people. They took control of a whole land. Principalities set up to destroy a land. Let's let's turn to uh, Ephesians and see what the Bible mentions about these types of rulers. So Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The devil is not some icon of evil. He is not some mystical being that is um, just talked about on TV and we make movies about him. He is a real being that exists to cause destruction and death. That is all, and that is all that comes out of him is destruction, death, and lies. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And you know, the enemy would love more than anything for you and I to believe that when we are struggling in our own personal life, in our own families, in the world, that we are fighting people. He would love for you to think that because that would create more chaos. He would love for you to think that we are fighting people. Paul reminds us our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities or rulers. Rulers. It's against principalities, like the prince of Persia, who's a prince of the region of Persia. That is where our struggle is. That's why Daniel, when he prayed, the angels struggled to come to him because he was wrestling with the principality in Persia. He was wrestling with it. This is what's happening when you and I are praying. Let's continue reading Ephesians. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers or authority against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly places. Spiritual forces of wickedness. There are spiritual, spiritual forces of wickedness only to destroy the plan of God. That's all they want to do, destroy and thwart the plan of God. Did you know that you and I 
were once under the rule of Satan. You know that. We were once under his authority. You might say, no, I never said hail Satan. I never agreed to anything. You and I were once under his authority, born into sin, being under his authority. Colossians 1 says this. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain or the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. God has rescued us from the power, the control of Satan. He rescued us from his grip on our lives. But there are some who he has not rescued as yet because he is still asking us to pray, not just to pray, but to fast, not to just to fast, but to wait and pray again. He is asking us to pray with him, to intercede with him. The reason why Daniel was able to pray so consistently and fervently is because he knew about the darkness in his time. He was well aware of the darkness that was happening in his time. And so while Daniel was under the Babylonian captivity, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he kept having dreams that would keep him up at night and that would trouble him in his sleep and he couldn't go to sleep. And so the king woke up and got all the wise people in the land and said, somebody needs to explain to me what my dream is. Somebody needs to interpret my dream for me. This is what the king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon said. Somebody needs to explain my dream to me. So he called all the sorcerers. He called all the magicians. He called all the mediums. He called those conjurers. These are the types of people that lived in Daniel's day. And these are the same people that live under the control of Satan in our day. Conjurers. Sorcerers. Magicians. These, these are real, real forces at work. That's the people he called up. And so Daniel understood that there were those people in his day. And that's not just back then. That wasn't just back then. There's an evil in this world that if we can just tear the curtain and see in the supernatural, it will change our perspectives. It will change our prayers. It will change our priorities. So the, the King Nebuchadnezzar called all these people to try to tell him, explain my dream to me. Help me understand what's happening. And so he has a conversation with these sorcerers and he says, um, listen, I need you to interpret my dream. And then they say to him, well, just tell us your dream and we'll interpret it. Then he says, not so fast. You're not that smart because I know you're trying to mess with me. How about you just tell me my dream and then interpret it so I know you're legit. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you up limb by limb and I'm going to let your house be a dump. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar said. And so they said, you know, nobody, who, who can interpret a dream? Nobody can do that. No, who is, who can do that? But only God. And so he said, all right, well, I'm going to call all the wise men and I'm going to, I'm going to kill all of you. And so he called all the wise men to be killed. Word got to Daniel and he said, hold on, hold on. I can interpret his dream. I can interpret the dream. Because I talk to the God who reveals mysteries to man. I talk to a God who is holy and who existed before time. 
I talked to a God who can reveal this mystery to me. And so they bring him to Daniel. They bring Daniel to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel tells him the dream and then explains it. Daniel knew what he was up against. And that's my encouragement to us is that as we pray, we have to know what we're coming up against. We have to know that there are spiritual forces of wickedness for the demise and destruction of people in this world today. But God is greater. But God has disarmed all rule and authority and has made a public, public humiliation of them. So the word tells us in Colossians. But God is asking us to pray because there are still those who do not know him. He's asking us to pray and to intercede with him because there is still his will to be accomplished, which is salvation to all. The last and fourth encouragement in the time that what we need to do in this time. So know that God hears your prayers. Know, know that not only God hears your prayers, but that God gives orders to his angels. And those angels perform the prayers that we've prayed. And then lastly, our prayers are eternal. They're eternal. Our prayers are eternal. Um, there's a story about this young girl in um, Bethel Church in California, in Redding, California. Some of you guys heard of it, massive church, Pastor Bill Johnson. And um, they had a family who had a young daughter, not the pastor, but a member of the church, a young daughter who suddenly stopped breathing. Okay. She was two years old. Two years old, she stopped breathing. This church is known for operating in the miraculous. God has done tremendous things in their lives. And some of you may not, you know, believe in that stuff, but it doesn't matter. The point is God shows up in powerful ways and brings healing and restoration. And so they know that, who, who that God is. And so they did not want to receive the report that she was dead. This is a two-year-old girl we're talking about. This is their little daughter, Olive Elaine. And they, so they had a bunch of, they had a, a service where they would uh, go worship and pray and pray and worship some more. And they prayed and they were asking God to resurrect their daughter. You might say, you know what? You should just let it go, right? Just let it go. That's impossible. But who are we talking to? We talk, we're talking to the God who resurrects the dead, who resurrected Lazarus. And so they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. And finally, they decided this was the will of God. Can you imagine the hours of prayer? Can you imagine the hours of weeping and mourning over their daughter? Can you imagine the hours of reading scripture and worshiping? I don't know what I would do if I had a daughter, two years old and passed away. Can you imagine the hurt? What else are we going to do, God, besides trust you and pray for healing? What else are we going to do? 
And then she, she never, was never resurrected. What we do when our prayers are not answered, God. That's why we have to remember that our prayers are eternal. And that that little girl is alive, more alive than ever in the glory of God. In the glory of God. Does that mean we don't pray? Absolutely not. That means we pray. But our prayers are eternal. Your prayers have an internal impact. Your prayers don't just affect the here and now, but your prayers reach years down years from now and reach into eternity and affect lives. Your prayers are eternal. I want you to read with me in Hebrews chapter 11. This is uh, what believers call the hall of faith. These are believers who uh, it talks about how, who uh, displayed tremendous faith in God in their own pandemic, in their own national crisis. They displayed faith to God in an evil, corrupt world. And so the book of Hebrews kind of lists all these people. Hebrews 11 says, and others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these having gained approval their, through their faith did not receive what was promised. All these people did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. What is better than prayers being answered? Eternal life with the King of Kings. What is better than resurrecting Lazarus is that Lazarus would be with Jesus for all eternity. God had something better and it is eternal life with him. And the same that God desires eternal life for all who would believe in his name, for all who would surrender in a time like this. In the middle of this crisis, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of confusion, God's heartbeat is still to seek and save the lost. God is still concerned with those who are broken, those who do not know him. And remember those angels, they hear, they're ordered, and they perform. And their ministry is for those to inherit salvation. That is God's desire, that no one would perish, but all would have everlasting life. But we have to be willing to do what Daniel did, to continue to pray and believe and fast and wait and pray some more. In closing, I wanna read uh, this verse in John, John chapter 17. It says, this is eternal life that they may know you. 
the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternity, that we may know Jesus. Pastor Mike always says, God redeems what he allows. For whatever reason, God is allowing brokenness to be in our world today. For whatever reason, God is allowing the the whole world at one time to experience hurt and pain and frustration so that he may be glorified in this time, in this hour. God is allowing Satan to take a hold of minds. He is allowing Satan to go forth with his plan in order that he may be glorified, in order that he may be seen, in order that those may inherit salvation. At God's heart, and his heart is salvation for everyone. In his heart is salvation for lost souls who don't know him, lost souls who are hurt. God is allowing this to happen so he may be glorified in this hour. But he's inviting us to pray with him. He's inviting us to pray and petition and intercede so that lost souls can come to know him. He is allowing this so that people can come to know him. Would you join God today? Would you join him in praying for our nation as Daniel did for his people? Would you join God in interceding, knowing that the angels are listening and being ordered to perform his word by his will? Will you join in prayer? Me and Pastor Mike talked and we said, he said, it's time to double down in prayer. Now, wherever you're listening on Facebook or Zoom, we want you to join us and join your church in prayer. It's time for us to walk on our knees, live on our knees, and trust in a holy God to bring his truth and his power to a broken world right now. God wants to fill his people so that we may be agents of prayer in a time like this to be used by him as he used Daniel to pray before before him and watch the angels perform his will. I pray that there's a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. I pray that that we get stirred up to pray. I know I'm convicted. I know I don't pray enough. I don't pray enough. We need more prayer. We need more reliance on the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. And so uh, me and Mike just envision screens full of just prayer warriors. We don't know what that looks like, and we can talk more about it and and send you logistics. But pray with us. Join us. Join us in prayer. As we are part of the greatest story ever told and will ever be told, we are part of that story that's about a God who is in love, his creation that he is in love with, and the opposition that's trying to stop that love from being reached to the entire world. 
Join us. Join God in this prayer. I just want to close in prayer. I want to bless you, and I want to bless this time and ask the Lord to continue to move in your hearts and to lead you by his Holy Spirit. Father, we need you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, God, we need you now. God, this is time for you to be seen. This is time for your glory to be seen, Jesus. If I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. God, it is time for your beauty to be seen on this earth, oh God. Father, forgive us of our sins. We are sinful. We want to turn to our own ways. God, we repent before you right now. We repent for our sinfulness and our selfishness, God. We have nothing and can do nothing without your spirit indwelling in us. We need to abide in you, Father, and we realize this. Father, you are still in control. You are seated on the throne of grace. You are seated at total peace and perfection by your Father. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray as we ought. Because your word says we don't know how to pray as we ought. But your spirit helps us in our weakness. With groanings, Father. In our lack of, in our weakness, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us what to say. How to pray for our nation. How to pray for our brothers and sisters. How to pray for lost souls to come to you. That is ultimately your heartbeat. Father, you deserve all the glory. You deserve all the praise. And we honor you, Father. We're expected and excited to see what you're going to do through us in this time, in this very painful, hurtful time that we are on earth. Lord, bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today and for guiding us in your word. We give you all the praise, God. We give you all the glory. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.